0: You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and the skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Welcome to The Boutique with Collective 54, a podcast for founders and leaders of boutique professional services firms. For those that aren't familiar with us, Collective 54 is the first mastermind community dedicated exclusively to helping you grow, scale, and exit your pro-serve firm. My name is Greg Alexander. I'm the founder, and I'll be your host for this episode. And today, we're going to talk about growing through acquisition. Very often, we talk about selling your firm, but there's another side of that equation, which is buying other firms as part of your growth strategy. What I hope to accomplish today is to put this on your radar as a possible growth avenue to discuss maybe how to finance it the strategy behind acquisitions and how to integrate it successfully after you bought the firm or firms. And we're very fortunate to have a role model role model with us today. His name is Matt Lesko. He's a member of Collective 54. And he's gonna be sharing parts of his journey with us. So Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you, Greg, it's great to be here. Would you provide a intro to the audience? Tell us a little bit about your firm and yourself.
1: Yeah. So, uh, my company, let's and Waterman is an outsource accounting firm, uh, providing bookkeeping controller CFO services, as well as system implementation of ERP level accounting software and third party products. Uh, we've been around since 2006, uh, forming these services. Um, uh, but I would say that really the iteration of the company as it is today, the model that we have as it uh, that is today really started in, in 2017, um, and was, uh, was a big change in how we've done things in the past. Uh, just as a quick sidebar, um, you know, we went from really a siloed model to a firm model, uh, and that really changed the game for us from a scalability component.
0: Tell me about that. What do you mean by siloed model to a scale model or firm model?
1: So, you know, in professional services, uh, you know, there's two two kind of models that can be uh, that you see uh in a lot of ways so silo model is each partner kind of has their book of business operates their book of business in the way that they see fit they might have different processes might have different billing rates might have different uh focuses and uh it's really you know in a lot of times an eat what you kill uh mentality firm model really takes uh the idea of one collective vision one collective strategy uh and deploying
0: that firm wide uh, across all partners and all staff. Okay. Got it. And what caused you to make that rather substantial change?
1: Uh, I call them glass ceilings. I've hit a, uh, number of glass ceilings over my career. Uh, what I mean by glass ceiling is sort of a barrier that you kind of put, in, put, put in your own way, uh, a barrier that, uh, that can be broken through, but you have to be able to self-reflect, uh, and understand where you're, where you're, strengths are and where your real weaknesses are Uh, so what we noticed is that you know when we were in that kind of uh siloed mentality we didn't have processes that uh allowed for uh the real growth to bring in middle management to bring in the ability to uh take on more work and take it off of the owners to be the 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 main points of contact and so when we were able to take it away from us and create this process, this strategy that's firm-wide, we were able to empower our staff to be the points of contact and it not fall directly on the ownership group.
0: Yeah, that is a really big change and congratulations on making that change. You know, That's that's a pretty common path um, that pro firms go through and sometimes they get stuck and they never make that change. So uh, congrats on that. Um, The team wanted you to come on the call today for a particular reason, and that is, um, you're one of the few firms inside of our membership that has made some acquisitions, and that's part of your growth plan. And that's where really my line of questioning is. And I guess my first question would be, maybe at 30,000 feet, kind of what's the strategy around growing through acquisition?
1: So our strategy is twofold. I know we're here to talk about acquisition, and I I won't spend much time on this, but I, I truly believe in organic growth coupled with acquisition growth. You can say the other way around, you know, acquiring uh, growth and uh, or acquisitions as a growth strategy and having an organic component. Um, What we looked at is we saw in our industry, in the accounting industry, a lot of roll-ups happening uh, and a lot of uh, books of business out in the street and some general uh, uh, industry-wide issues around Hiring and what everybody's talking about. Uh, so, from from our perspective, when we understood how the financing worked, we thought that the way that we could solve kind of two components: one, our gaps within our own capability structure; and two, in uh, in creating deeper trenches within our industry focuses and our what we what we consider our niches. Um, acquisition was a, a was a way to pump a big chunk of clients in
0: at one time. Yep. So I love the fact that your strategy is 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 two pronged. You know, you have your organic growth, which for obvious reasons is very important, but you've augmented it with uh, inorganic growth, meaning growth through acquisition. And this is a real area that you can contribute because a lot of our members are boutique pro serve firms and they haven't gotten to that second leg of the stool yet. They're relying almost exclusively on organic growth. And I do believe that in some niches, yours is an obvious one, that there is an opportunity to augment that growth and and plug some gaps and deepen some niches, et cetera, um, through acquisitions. But the challenge that some of them have, practically speaking, especially those that haven't done it before, is A, how do you find the deals? And B, how do you pay for them? So what advice would you give uh, our listeners on those two dimensions?
1: I hate to do this, but I want to take one step back because I think that there's a real key component to being able to, to successfully um, go go into an acquisition strategy, and and doing one acquisition is not what I would call strategy. And I don't think that you'd have to have the infrastructure, but if you want to go into a an, into a a acquisition strategy, do multiple ones, which is what we're doing. Um, I actually started this path back in 2019, in which I identify a lot of shortcomings within, the, within our company that would stall the ability to scale. And so we spent from around November, late 2019 till mid 2021, building our infrastructure up in preparation for the acquisition. Now, part of that goes into some of the things you're talking about right now is understanding the overall uh, uh, playing field that you're dealing with. For me, a lot of a lot of firms are represented by business brokers that are akin to investment bankers, and they didn't really understand the understood the industry, the accounting industry, and how that worked, and didn't understand what a good book looked like. And so, what I started doing through you know uh, through my research is really trying to align myself with people that understood uh, and worked specifically within the accounting and accounting consulting industry and really started to pick those people's brains of what's successful, what other firms had done, and create a strategy around that to say, what, what's going to be the most successful for us? Uh, so it really started... Well in advance and saying, okay, we need to have really good HR processes for onboarding uh, multiple staff at one time. We need to have great client onboarding experience because we're going to be switching all of these new clients over to our engagement letters and our process. And we need to have uh, the appropriate level of staff, um, you know, from a uh, uh, again from the middle management to upper management, so that it didn't fall completely on the owner. Uh, and so. We spent we spent a good year and a half just creating that infrastructure to get into the acquisition mode. Um, the next thing was really understanding the financing component. you, you, you brought this up. Um, I went and found a bank that all they did was finance for accounting firms and actually uh, uh, RIA firms. Uh, but I don't know a lot on that, that side of it, but they really they they're a bank that understands the accounting world. Understands what makes the uh, value of the firm, how cash flow works from a seasonality, and uh, go uh, went about the process in a very uh, unique way. So I didn't go through SBA. Uh, you know, this was not SBA lending. This was uh, underwriting through the understanding of our entity. So they came in, looked at our profits. They looked at the way that we structured uh, our client relationships and. Uh, they underwrite us for a certain amount, and basically, uh, they understand how uh, how we fund and finance uh, through the acquisition process.
0: Okay, very good. You know that's interesting. I a couple things that you mentioned that I want to just double click on. It's really fascinating to me that your strategy from the get go was to do multiple acquisitions as opposed to a single acquisition, and the prep work that's needed to be put in place to make that happen. That's a real lesson to be called out. And I want to underline and circle that for our members that are considering growth through acquisition. And the second thing regarding the financing. So if I'm if I'm to understand you correctly, given the fact that you went to a bank, it sounds like these deals were done through debt. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So regarding the debt, and maybe just broadly speaking, what are the structures? What's the structure of a loan or a set of loans used? to execute this strategy.
1: So the way that the way we've structured this um from the actual uh banks perspective was we we took of the valuation uh that we agreed to with the seller and we split it into two uh two buckets basically your asset purchase and then your consulting for retention. So there's always earnouts and that's a big, big component, uh, especially in, uh, in accounting, but I think professional services in general, is that you really need to make sure that you have a strong earn-out clause within your agreement. And uh, and so from the bank's uh, perspective, we got the 50% from them, financed that over a 10-year period, uh, and then we'll pay out from the consulting uh, for a three-year period. After that, that's tied to the, the retention of the client base.
0: Okay, very good. So half the deal. So that if I'm selling my firm to you, I'm going to get half the deal of cash at closing. Then I'm going to be in a three-year earnout, tied largely to client retention. And then you, as the buyer, just to everyone listening, you're funding that really with 100% of other people's money. The bank is providing the cash at closing, and then the business, based on their performance, is funding the rest of it through the three-year earnout. That, that's really a brilliant strategy. Regarding the debt itself, do you have to personally guarantee it? I did. Yeah, I thought so. And uh, that makes me admire you greatly. Obviously, you're convicted. (laughs) You really have a lot of conviction on this strategy. So some of our members are reluctant to extend themselves in that way with personal guarantee. So how did you get there emotionally, psychologically? How did you accept that risk?
1: That's an interesting question. I guess I just, I just kind of realized that if I wanted to hit my goals, uh, there wasn't going to be a bank or, or, a, you know, or <laughs> to get debt uh, that wasn't going to ask for a personal guarantee. If I didn't want to a personal guarantee, I was going to have to go to private equity. Uh, and my goal is to not sell out to private equity at least uh, this early on. And if I ever do, it's going to. I want to be on my terms. Uh, and also with sort of planning out the strategy of the debt financing, I really understand the cash flow of what I'm doing. And again, when I haven't, when I have an earn out, you know, and I know what the profit margins are, I know what they're going to be consistently, uh, you know, we can, we typically are purchasing books of business that we believe we can get 20 or 30% gains out of, out of the, out of the gate. Um, you know. Every every time that we're financing these, we're actually picking up additional gross profit that is allowing us to go back and, and, and get more lending. And so at the end of the day, I feel very confident in our ability to do this. I'm not too concerned about my personal guarantee because, and, and that's the best way to put it, I got the funding based on my current EBITDA. And so every time I purchase a new book of business, I'm increasing my EBITDA From a dollar amount, making me more or less risk because I have more cash flow. Yeah, and making you more bankable, right? Well, my joke to my my joke to the bank was, you know, let's make me too big to fail.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I tell you, it's a really innovative strategy. I have to tip my hat to you. I I am not seeing a lot of this. I don't know if it's uh, sector specific or not. Is there? Is there a general kind of sector roll-up happening in the accounting space right now? The big guys
1: are are buying up firms left and right. Um, it's I'm gonna say this. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with I believe that you have to have a why for your growth. Everybody wants to grow. Everybody talks about growing, but what's your why? And so I think this is where it really started for me is. I, I saw what was happening in the industry, and I saw that really you as an organization or us as an organization would need to have investment into technology, technology development, not just buying technology, but innovating through de- technology, integrating through technology. We would also need to invest in professional development paths or learning paths to uh, for staff retention, um, and we need to be able to compete. We don't need to be the size of, of baker tillies of this world or the rsms or the clas we don't need to be there that big but we from a capability perspective we have to be able to be competitive so with with that being said the why is is what really drove the, the reason for the growth and why we wanted to, to go down that path um i did not want to be forced at any time again the, the other side of my why is i want to make the decision i want to be able to say I want to sell because i want to sell not because i feel like i have to sell Um, or i don't want to sell period And i'm never going to sell i want i want at the end of the day to have the choice and i really believe that if we didn't invest in uh being at a certain level at a certain size that uh my hand was me forced at some point
0: yeah well matt it's such a great story and, and we're at our time window here we try to keep these episodes short but um this is a real contribution. It, it's something that I don't think a lot of members are thinking about. Those that are thinking about it might be thinking too small, maybe one deal as opposed to doing several deals. They probably aren't ready, infrastructure-wise, to do a lot of deals. And maybe they're not confident enough to go on the line with a personal guarantee. So all those things, you provided a great role model uh, this week. And hopefully, it's inspirational for the other members. So behalf on the membership, I uh, really appreciate you sharing a uh, part of your journey with us today.
1: Thank you very much. It's great to be here.
0: All right. Okay, so for those that are in pro serve and want to belong to a community and learn from great people like Matt, consider applying to Collective 54. You can find us at collective54.com and if you want to read more on this subject and lots of others, pick up a copy of our book, The Boutique: How to Start, Scale and Sell a Professional Services Firm. Thanks for listening and I look forward to our next episode.